And praise God. To speak to the online viewers for a second, we're going to take communion at the end. And so if you're watching online, you want to go get a drink from the vine and a cracker or something to take communion with us, you still got about 30 30 minutes, so you can uh, you can grab that. Uh, and as for you folks in the house, we'll take communion at the end. So prepare your hearts. We're in uh, the second week of the series. Carry on. If you are a guest here, don't judge me by my uh, scripture today. Usually, uh, I'm a I'm a very deep word person. I love the the scripture. I love to give text and then reference. Uh, today, my script. I realized when I was reading through my scripture, my text isn't very long. It's one verse, uh, but uh, so don't uh, don't judge me on it. Come back, and if you're a visitor, then watch online, and you can you know if you're passing through, uh, you can watch. But I love the Word of God. I love what Jesus shows us in His Word. I love Paul's teachings, and we're uh, in just a moment. We'll come out of Second Timothy, but we're uh, the name of the series is Carry On because he uses six different types of people, workers to uh, use uh, examples from to carry on. Uh, not only uh, God's word, but to be able to make it through that mountain that Janie was singing, the team was singing about. Uh, there's going to be mountains in our life, and sometimes we just have to carry on. Uh, Carrie uh, Livgren, who wrote this song for the group Kansas, uh, was looking at a spiritual experience. And so this is uh, there, there's no better way or time to be in church on 4th of July than to look for a spiritual experience, right? So that's kind of the goal. That's why we're here to get our week feel. And then, by the way, like if this is your weekly feel, we need to get you filled up more regularly. You know, you need to maybe a daily devotion. You need to read your scriptures. You need to put on some praise and worship music. Do some things so that, like if my wife Janie only cooked once a week, I would be a lot thinner which isn't necessarily good uh, to be that way. I know I probably need to drop a few pounds, but I would be, I would be malnourished. What's the word I'm looking for? Malnourished. Is that the right word? Okay, malnourished. I was not an English major. And our, our, our boys, Marcus especially, is really good at English. And I know my vernacular upsets him sometimes. That's a good word right there, right? That's a big word. Where did I get that one from? Not even sure if that was proper use, but... My, so you just have to deal with it, all right? I'm from, I'm from South Omaha, and it just is what it is, all right? So, but, so we have to understand that as we walk through things together that God is not only on the other side, but he's here with us. And so today we're going to read a text out of 2 Timothy 2, and I think it's verse 5. Again, it's just one, an athlete. And this is the last week we talked about the good soldier. This week we talked about the athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. And uh, let's pray, and then we'll, we'll move forward. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that it's truth, Lord, to the hearer who receives it in their heart. And so let this word be truth to us today. All that you have given us to speak through, Lord, let us just be vessels used to, for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So uh, the athlete, I, I, I love athletics. I love, uh, I generally speaking, love sports. I was talking to a dear friend this morning. It's been hard to watch certain things uh, on television anymore because everything becomes so political. And so, you know, just there's so much friction and tension and those things uh, in, in the world and in, in, in America. But I was thinking about just athletics and, and growing up in the high school. Uh, Janie and I went to the same high school, Omaha South High School in Omaha, Nebraska. And the, the high school 
for the most part, was probably on the wrong side of the tracks. It wasn't a West Omaha uh, school. It wasn't a suburban school. It was, it was uh, uh, basically parents that were blue-collar and hardworking. And, uh, but, but our high school produced so many incredible athletes. It, it was just, they were phenomenal. And, and, and to just to think back, we had, uh, the year before I got there, uh, four of our four of our football players got scholarships to University of Nebraska. While I was there, we had three get uh, scholarships to Iowa, uh, three more to Nebraska, then two more after I left, and then to Nebraska, and then a track star to Tennessee, another track star to Iowa, and, and the quarterback to Missouri, and a tight end to South Dakota State. Just on and on and on and on. And I pulled out a couple. The first one that I'm going to show you wasn't there. He was he graduated about a decade or so before. Before we got there, but the first uh, the first athlete from Omaha South High School that I want to talk to you about today is Marlon Briscoe, and Marlon Briscoe was the first uh, African American quarterback to start an NFL game in the uh, Super Bowl era. So he came from South High, went to Omaha University, got drafted by the Denver Broncos, and he started for the Broncos. And then, uh, he, although his statistics were better uh, than the quarterback that replaced him, uh, they moved him to wide receiver. And then he went to University, or he went to Miami Dolphins and won two Super Bowls as a receiver there. So when we would walk down the hallways, they would have plaques of Marlon Briscoe on the hallway, uh, not because he was the first black quarterback, because he was just an amazing athlete. The second uh, athlete that I want to show you is a guy named Jim Hartung. He was a classmate. He was a year ahead of mine, so it's a gymnastics one, the 1984 gymnastics team. Uh, right there in the middle... Uh, the, the blonde-haired guy in the middle. Jim Hartung was a year uh, ahead of me. The 1984 men's gymnastics team was the first gold medalist uh, in U.S. history. And he was, so uh, we, walked the, the, we walked hallways with Olympians. It was, we had another one that made the 1980 Olympic team, Phil Cahoy, but he heard, heard, uh, Jimmy Carter boycotted the uh, Olympics in 1980. Uh, and so Kohoi couldn't go, Hartung couldn't go, he made the team as well. Uh, and then six weeks before the Olympics, uh, Kohoi fractured his leg and uh, they tried to petition because he would have been healthy for the Olympics. He was one of the best top six and let the Olympic Committee wouldn't let him go because he, he didn't, wasn't able to participate in the trials, although his scores matched up as well. A uh, long story short, uh, he didn't let it defeat him, he became a surgeon. <laughs> and so. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he got the last laugh. I'm not sure. But uh, Hartung got a gold medal in the Olympics. And again, Omaha South High School. So I'm bragging on uh, my high school for a second. And the last but not least is Dave Remington. Remington uh, and I played football together. He's the football player picture. Boom. So he, by uh, Anthlon's magazine, was voted the greatest offensive lineman to ever play college football. Uh, the first and only two-time award, Outland Award winner. Uh, the Lombardi Award winner, uh, finished fifth in the Heisman his senior year as a center, which usually goes to quarterbacks or running backs, and they have a trophy named after him now called the Remington Trophy. Now, why is that important? None of it's important. It's just, it's just, I just want to tell you for a moment that I understand what world-class athletes are like. I walk the halls with them. I worked out with them. 
Uh, we lifted weights together. I would go uh, in early for weight training sessions at 6.45 and Hartung and Gahoy, the gymnast, would have already been in the gym uh, since 5.15 uh, for two and a half hours before school started. And then they would come back in the gym later for more workouts. This is what it takes to be an Olympian. This is what it takes to be a world-class athlete. Now, why is that important? Because I think we're looking in this room today, we have world-class spiritual athletes. Aren't you glad you don't have to be 6'5 and 240 to compete for Christ, right? Aren't you glad you don't have to be 6'3 and 303 pounds as what Remington was when he was a, a, high, a college senior uh, with a power clean of 400 pounds and a, and a personal bench press of 500 pounds? You don't have to be that way, right? You can be me, <laughs> You, you can, you can, God can use anybody. He used a donkey and a rooster. He can use any one of us. Amen? And so that's important because then Paul talks about this athlete, and sometimes we think, my mind goes to those who I walked the hallways with, with Hartung and Cahoy and Sherlock and Remington and Sweeney and guys who were all Americans in college and, and all pro and guys that were, were, were above the standard that I, we went to high school with them. Now, I'm thinking, but, but Paul's bringing it down to, no, what does an athlete is? And so uh, I've told this story before. I'll tell it again. I'm 31 years older than our, uh, our youngest son, Andrew, and I'm 60 pounds heavier. Drew is the one that plays the guitar right he here, right in the middle, right here. I can't play the guitar. I can't even play the air guitar very well. Uh, I play the air drums really good, though. I'm, I'm off beat, but I play it really good. Janie said, what are you doing? This is my drum solo, man. She said, that's not accurate. That's okay. So I have the occasion every then to run with Andrew, not very good and not very long, and we'll go out, and I, I hold him back, but there's a hill at our house that is a 270-foot climb, and he was telling me how to climb it, how to run it, and you can, you can, you can go back and forth, or you can take short, stoppy, chip, uh, short, short, choppy steps, and I said, or you could just slow down and walk, <laughs> because sometimes that's what you have to do. It doesn't matter what type of spiritual athlete you are. It matters if you keep putting one step in front of the other. That's what really matters. You don't have to be the preacher. You don't have to be the worship leader. You don't have to be the, the coffee maker. You can just be simply that comes in and give somebody a high five, and you can be the best encourager there is at Grace Church. And I'm telling you what, you'll just bankroll heaven because that's what God's looking for is people that just simply love one another just the way they are, knowing that inside, listen to me, God is changing every single one of us from the inside out. Amen? So it's important for us to understand, hey, these guys were special, like the, the one of a kind. They're, they were the first, like the, the first center to be uh, voted for in, in, in the Heisman Trophy finalist, the first uh, gymnast to be a gold medalist, the first uh, uh, African-American quarterback in the, in the whole NFL. These guys are something special, but God says you're special today as well. 
We know America, especially, we know America has flaws, and it's 4th of July, and we know the Olympics are coming up, and it's so cool because we were watching the, the Olympic trials, and, and yet everything becomes political. And, and, and Paul is saying, wait a second, let's remove politics for a second. Let's just talk about the athletes. So there, I want to go through this for a second and just kind of give you an idea what Paul's really trying to say. First of all, number one, he says, an athlete is not crowned unless he competes. I like that. I am, so I'm old school, I'm old fashioned, you can ask my wife, I don't Instagram, I don't Facebook, I hate to email, and I will text if I have to. <laughs> like my phone doesn't blow up. Oh, my phone's just blowing up. My phone doesn't blow up. People don't call, and please don't start. <laughs> I don't feel bad when, I, when Janie's phone's, I don't feel bad when her phone's blown up. I don't feel bad at all. But I am not a fan of everybody getting a ribbon. I'm not a fan of everybody getting a trophy. Like, you didn't compete. What makes you think you should get something? Whatever happened to earning it? Whatever happened to getting in the race? The problem we have with society, if we're not careful, when everybody gets a ribbon, then they think everybody should get a check. I showed up. You didn't work. But I was here. You were late. You left early. You didn't do anything. Yeah, but I used to get a ribbon when I was five. <laughs> In fact, I got a ribbon from five to 14. Why? I don't know. I, just, I, I mean, I went. You didn't even go to practice. But I was at the game. But you sat on the bench. We lost every game, but you still got a trophy. <laughs> Paul is saying here, an athlete is not crowned unless the athlete competes. So listen, church, where Jesus says, depart from me because I never knew you, I never had intimacy with you, it doesn't matter what you did if you didn't do it for the right reason. But the fact is, if you don't do anything at all, and you stand in front of the king who died for us, who did everything for us, don't you think he might expect a little bit in return? Just a little something coming back? So it's not, and I'm not, this is not like a, a service where I'm going to have you sign up for nursery at the end, so don't worry about that. Oh, good. Thank God. He's not asking for nursery workers. <laughs> He's not asking for any, I'm not asking for any workers. I would ask the Holy Spirit to deal with you individually as to what you need to do for the kingdom of God. And if it includes Grace Church, praise God. If it doesn't, then at least do something for the kingdom of God. Amen? Because the athlete is not crowned unless he competes. Let me show you one more picture. This is a picture of Ruda, Ru, Wilma Rudolph. Wilma Rudolph's had a cool story, and, and this is why I want to show it. And it's the Olympics, and the Olympics are coming up. And the Olympics intrigue me because I didn't know... Uh, except for this past a couple of weeks ago from my son, Andrew, when we were watching uh, a guy from North Carolina who finished fourth for the second time in a row. They only take the top three. And, and Drew said, well, they have to, he still has to have the Olympic standard. What, what's the Olympic standard? Olympic standard is if you can run the race and win it, but if you don't have the standard, they still don't have to take you. Like, ah, that's like a spiritual thing. 
Like, I can run the race, but if I don't run the race with a clean heart, or if I can run the race, but if I don't run the race with forgiveness, I can run the race, but if I don't run the race with love, then I still am running a race, but I'm, it's like there's no fruit there. So Wilma Rudolph, uh, when she was born in the 40s, you know how the polio plague just came across America? Well, she had polio. Until the age of 12, she walked with braces. And, we, you know, the braces were, they, they locked here, and then you held there, and then that's how she walked. So until the age of 12, she walked with braces on because she had polio. At the age of 16, she won a silver medal in the Olympics. Four years later, at the time, the youngest American Olympian to ever medal. Three years after that, she won three gold medals in the 60s Olympics, and she's the first female to ever win three gold medals in the Olympics. Amazing. Now think about that. She, she just wanted to compete. Now, I would say today, there may be some of us that feel like we're spiritually behind, that all you need to do is, again, one step in front of the other where you can compete. I'm going to compete the best way I can. I'm going to read my Bible every day, or I'm going to read a chapter, or maybe it's just a verse, or I'm going to try to remember just, a, just something in the scriptures. Maybe it's just even part of a verse. Maybe it's uh, uh, John 11:35. Jesus wept. Start there. Start somewhere, amen? It's something, something that we need to do is compete. Athletes do four main things when they compete. One is they have a goal or a plan. So I'd say form a plan. Hey, tomorrow morning I'm going to do this. Uh, athlete, like I said, when we went to school, the gymnasts were in the, in the, in the gym 5.15 every morning. When they, weren't, when they weren't touring. These guys were going to South Africa as uh, sophomores and juniors in high school, competing for, in the Junior Olympics and winning. They both competed for the University of Nebraska, Kohoi and Hartung did, where they won four national championships each. It was, it's an amazing story, and yet one guy didn't ever get to compete in the Olympics, although he was an Olympian. There's goals, there's plans. Number two, and they're not up there, you need to have passion. I would love to have passion for you, but I can't. You have to have your own passion. Amen? And passion is different than emotion. Emotion is this. You see a really cool video, you hear a good story about Wilma Rudolph, and you're going to go out running this afternoon. Yeah, I'm going to run. That's Okay, this is emotion. And then tomorrow, you know, your, your coach calls you up and says, hey, let's go for a walk or run. I'm kind of tired. Tuesday, your friend calls you up and says, How, how'd your run go yesterday? I didn't run. Well, how come? I was tired. I heard a good story. I got emotional at church. I went on a run. That was it. It's too much work. Passion is the guy that gets up at 6.30 or 7 in the morning, goes and runs 10 or 12 miles because they want to train for something. That's passion. Passion in a church, spiritual passion is, hey, Lord, you died for me. I'm going to be passionate to live for you. That's why they called the last week of Jesus' life the Passion Week. Because he was passionate about what he was set out to do, even though he knew he was going to do it by himself. Another, another one is discipline. An athlete has discipline. Paul said this, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. In the King James, it says, I buffeted my body. One preacher said, see, Paul went to the buffet. We should too. It's buffeted, not buffet. I buffet my body. 
<laughs> that's not it. I discipline my body. I work my body over. I try, to, I try to carry, I try to be the best. And again, I'm not talking in the physical realm. Paul told Timothy, bodily exercise profiteth a little bit godliness is profitable unto all things. I'm talking about spiritual warriors here, spiritual athletes, spiritual Olympians. That when you get to heaven, there's God places a gold medal, spiritual gold medal on your, on your neck and says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Thank you for serving the kingdom of God. Thank you for advancing the kingdom of God. And last, a, a good spiritual athlete has self-control. I can't do that. I, I, the people that are training for the Olympics, the people that are training for uh, athletic event, people that are training for professional or amateur, people that are training for uh, little league or college, there are certain things they can and cannot do because they have to have self-control. Number two, an athlete must play by the rules. An athlete competes according to the rules. Now, if you watch the news or if you get, you know, alerts on your phone or if you see anything that's going on, you may have, I saw this week that four U.S. athletes are suspended because of doping of some sort or another. One, it was for smoking marijuana, which is legal in the state of which that person lives, but it's, a, it's not legal according to the, the USOC rules. And so what, what's going on? Well, God, I can do this. You can do this, but you might not get away with it. And if we have to justify our actions and make them biblical, that's called an isogesis. It means that we make the Bible line up with this. An exegesis is we make this line up with the Bible. There's a big difference there, church. We have to compete by God's rules. If God says you got to stand on your head to make it to heaven, you got to stand on your head to make it to heaven. That's God's rules. That's not my rule. That's not Grace Church. That, that's not Pastor Mark. That's not Miss Janie. That's not Landon Barefoot. That's just saying, okay, what does the Bible say about me going to heaven? He that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And after I get saved, then God expects me to do some warrior work for him. He expects me to clean my act up. He expects me to live a life that's holy and pure and dignified before him. Not for others' approval. But so that God looks at me and says, wait a second, that's a warrior down there. He's got, he or she has self-discipline. Amen? So I compete according to the rules, not man-made legalistic rules that become religious. God's rules. And, and this is Paul speaking. We, we, we believe in, we believe Paul. So he competes according to the, to, to the rules. And if we can compete according to, what's, what are some of God's rules? Love God, love others. Do unto others as you'd have them do to you. Give, and she'll be given, and forgive. Simple rules for the, to start with. Like when, uh, when, when we, we first started lifting weights in, in high school, it wasn't uh, common. Uh, everybody, everybody, it's funny, everybody thought they were going to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. You're lifting 135 pounds, you're not going to look like Arnold. And the coach would pull us aside and say, you're not going to get, like, you know, too buff. You're not going to get, like, you're not going to be some kind of maniac, workaholic. Trust me. He, trust me. He looked at me and said, you know, it's not going to happen, buddy. You know, you can lift weights. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and so we would start light. I mean, we didn't start with 300 or 400 pounds. We started light, and we worked up to it. And so what I'm saying today is when you compete to the rules, those of us who are maybe seasoned Christ followers, stop demanding so much on people who are entry level. All right? 
let's give them a little bit of a pass, a little bit of a break. Let's give them a little bit of grace, but let's take time to teach them. And so I had men in my life who would teach me how to work out. I had men in my life who would teach me how to pray. I had men in my life who would teach me how to, how to witness or how to share, how to be a, a father, or how to be a, a son, how to be a, a husband. You, we need people in our life that will teach us. And I don't really like the word rule, although Paul uses it. I don't like because it seems like it's kind of a, I would say boundaries might even, we, we compete according to the, the boundaries. But I, I hate it if there is a rule or a law that we decide that we're not going to live because it's not convenient for us. Nobody ever said it was about convenience. It sure wasn't convenient for Jesus to die on the cross. It wasn't convenient for him to leave heaven and live here for 33 and a half years. It wasn't, but we sure like the victory, don't we? And so if there is some suffering that goes along the way, as Paul said last week in our, in our teaching, that it was for God's glory, his glory is going to be worth it in the very end. And so the athlete has to compete according to the rules that are drawn up at the time. If you are a spiritual athlete, you have to compete according to these rules. That's just the way it is. I, I can't say it any other way. Sometimes they'll... The one athlete that we, the, the race we were watching where the guy from North Carolina, really cool mullet, by the way, super cool, and a mustache, just, I mean, super cool mullet. I wish I had a picture of him really quickly. He's from outside of Winston-Salem, and he finished fourth in the Olympic trials five years ago because of COVID, and then this past time he finished fourth again, and the winner of the race didn't have the Olympic standards, so he, he may have won the race and can't even go to the Olympics. So I asked Drew, I said, well, it looks to me like in, if it's the rules and he has the Olympic standard, does he get to go to the Olympics? Maybe he just had a bad race and when you want the, for the best ones there anyways. And we, you start, some, so what happens is they start to massage the rules a little bit. We see this in politics. They start to massage things a little bit to where it fits for them at their convenience, but not for others. And I, I hate to say, but that may have infiltrated the church a little bit. We start to massage things that works a little bit better for us so that, you know, we, we don't have to look at things the way we should but again, I want to I draw a line here. I'm not talking about legalism or self-righteousness. I'm just talking about what can we do in the way we do it to make sure that we're all in this race together running the same direction. Amen? And then, so the only rule book I really see is let's look at the Bible scriptures and see what it says, and then let's just run full force for it. Some, there, I would say probably nearly everybody in this place except for Landon, is faster than me. <laughs> and you might be, brother, if we're running downhill. <laughs> now, we both got bad knees. It just depends on who's worse that, on that day. I, but it doesn't matter as long as we're running. Are you with me? It does, it does not matter as long as we're being active. It does not matter as long as our heart's right. Hey, I want to get in the race. I want to compete by the rules. Number three and the last is uh, the, the athlete remains faithful. It's, it's all about consistency, isn't it? It's all about doing the things right, doing them time after time. And again, not robotic. Jesus says don't, don't pray where you just have these prayers in vain, where you're just saying the same thing day after day or time after time, and it becomes a prayer just of, of robotics. 
Have communication with the Lord. And so the athlete remains faithful. It, it, was, it truly is Wilma Rudolph who, who couldn't walk and then needed uh, crutches and then needed, you know, the braces and then needed, and all of a sudden she could walk at, at 12 and then all of a sudden she's competing in the Olympics four years later and then she's winning, you know, gold medals four years after that. It, it's just, there's something to be said and, and you see it in people all the time, maybe even in ourselves uh, sometimes where we want to start something, you know, and it's like, man, I'm gung-ho and, all, and all, of a, all of a sudden, if we would have, if we'd have started that two years ago and not quit 17 times, we'd be okay now. It's like, I, I want to I run, or I want to lift, or I want to I read the Word, or I want to read a book, or I want to, whatever you want to do, I, we have to be careful that we don't want it, and it's okay, listen, it's okay to think grand thoughts. It's okay to want to reach high mountains, but know that you may have to start down here and just take that one step at a time. Just do that one, that one moment, that one, that one thing, that one. See, when we were in school and we didn't know it, there was so much positive peer pressure around that in order to compete, you had to have certain, like you had, your, your bench had to be this and your 40 time had to be this and your vertical jump had to be this and all these things and all these college coaches were coming in and, and looking at different players and different people and, and the U.S. Gymnastics Association's coming in and looking at these Olympic athletes and we had a world wrestling heavyweight champion in our school and, and, and all, I mean, amazing. But I, I look around the room today and I think, Man, if the angel of the Lord shows up and the presence of God is here, he's looking at spiritual giants because of positive peer pressure that says not you can't, but hey, you can. Says, hey, if you just if you just keep getting up, a righteous man falls seven times but gets up every single time. And I think that's the remaining faithful part. The Bible says a faithful man shall abound in blessings. Being faithful is different than having faith, by the way. I can have a mountain of faith, a gift of faith even, and even use it for almost my disposal. But that faithful man that just shows up every person, every day, just does the same thing, the right thing every day, just little by little, step by step, just, just the little things in life that that person does. Another scripture, he that remains faithful to the end shall be saved. We serve a faithful God. I heard it said this week, distractions can be real or distractions can be imagined. Think about that for a second. Because that's really what being faithful is about. Am I distracted that things turn me away? Am I distracted that things uh, take me away? Or distracted that things that, that I'm not able to do things? It's a faithful person. It's a faithful athlete. And Paul refers to us, Christ's followers, as athletes. Now, right, wrong, or indifferent. Last week we were good soldiers, this week we're athletes. And, and with the Olympics taking place right around the corner and with basketball in the finals and baseball in midseason and, and all the things, a college championship and baseball crowned last week in Omaha, Nebraska, all those things taking place. And many of you, maybe your life was centered around athletics growing up. Paul knows right there because the Olympics were happening then in Greece as well. So, hey, the, these athletes here that you're idolizing, these athletes here that you're, you know, you, 
you're memorizing, these athletes here that you wish you were part of, one, yes, maybe it's God-given talent. Two, it's really earned. And I think of Michael Jordan and all the stories of him missing more shots than hitting shots, of him truly being the greatest basketball player that's ever lived. He, he, he really is average height for a basketball player. He, you know, the story got cut from his uh, sophomore team, actually didn't make varsity, had played JV, and it, that caused him to work harder. Now he owns a basketball team. I mean, it's just, it's just being faithful in what you do. Come on back, worship team. Being faithful in what you do. And so what, 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 what's the point? What, what's the point? The, the point is this, that I think in, in America today, unfortunately, we want what someone else has worked for. We want what someone else has taken the time and the effort and the sacrifice. And if we're okay not working for that, then somehow, some weird way, we idolize those people. And all of a sudden, their voice carries more weight than somebody else's because they played in a championship or they, they got a ring or, or something or they made a movie or something of that nature. Let me, let, me, let me bring it down to, to bare bones for a second. Your voice matters. Your worth matters. Your effort matters in the kingdom. Any effort you put into kingdom living, any effort you put into, into the fact that, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do this thing at, at a level that I, I want to I learn how to pray. I want to learn how to, how, to, how to chase God. I want to learn how to, I want to learn how to do things right. God takes notice of that. God sees you right where you're at. And some people here may see themselves as a failure. Some people here may see themselves as, man, I, I wasted 40 years of my life or 50 years of my life or I wasted the last year. Can I say this? It, it, it's okay. It's okay to be brand new. It's okay to be, uh, have a fresh start. It's okay to, to, to walk through, through life where you say, hey, yeah, maybe I messed up once, but I'm going to start fresh today. And when we understand those things in our life, that's the athlete that Paul's talking about. It's the person who's never quit. Even though they didn't win the race, they don't quit. They're out running today. Even if they didn't make the team, that's okay. They're, they're starting back again today or, or tomorrow. That in life, if something doesn't go our way, it doesn't mean that God's mad at us. It doesn't mean that God's disappointed. It just means that we got to pick it back up again. Just stand with me where you are. And we're going to take communion here after this song. So I'm going to ask the ushers to come. And if you could go ahead and distribute, uh, they'll probably start up front and just pass the, the bucket back and forth all the way around. Grab the elements look like this. They're prepackaged, and so in just a moment after the song, we'll 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 peel off the first layer, and then we'll peel off the second layer. I want you to be mindful. Paul says that we should make sure that we're not taking communion in an inappropriate way. If there's sin in our life, we can bring damnation to ourselves. So I want you to check your spirit today. If you've fallen out of the race, get back in. If, you, if you've fallen off track, get back on. It, it, it's okay to, to know that we serve a forgiving Father. And Jesus, the Bible says in John, 1 John, that there's an advocate if we do fall, Jesus Christ the righteous. 
So as they pass out the communion, I want you just to be mindful. We're going to sing one more worship song and we'll take communion together. So just hang on to it. Peel back that first layer. We'll take it together in just a moment.
some high schools and all colleges and professional athletics, they have what they call the training table. And the training table is, is where everybody sits and eats together. And Paul's talking about the spiritual training table in 1 Corinthians 11 chapter, where when he says you come together in unity, be together as one. I was a walk-on uh, football player at the University of Arkansas, and we had a training table. And at the training table was were two future first-round draft picks, Billy Ray Smith and Gary Anderson, right next to me, and an All-American guard, George Stewart, across the table. And at the very end was Lou Holtz and Monty Kiffin. Monty Kiffin recruited me to walk on at Arkansas, but it was all one table. They didn't set the walk-on somewhere else. They included them in. And maybe here today you think, man, I just don't have what it takes. I want to tell you, God is including you at his table. He's including you right where you're at, just the way you are. And yes, maybe some of us, all of us, need some things that we can work on. That's what the training table is for. That's what Jesus did on the cross. He died so that we could have a seat at his table. And ask Marcus to come and bless the bread uh, today as we get ready to take it together. Thank you, Lord, for your body that was broken for us. Lord, we remember the sacrifice that you paid. Lord, we thank you for the forgiveness that you provided to us on the cross. Lord, and today we believe in you. God, we believe in your son, and we thank you for the crucifixion. Lord, we thank you for the that you paid the penalty that we should have paid. Lord, we receive your grace and your forgiveness. We thank you for your goodness today, and we remember the body that was broken for us, and we thank you for it. We ask that you bless this bread in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take the bread together. The cup represents the blood, and the blood represents the covering. Because without the blood, there's no forgiveness. There's no sacrifice. But without the blood, there's no covenant either. And that's the new covenant. Because whenever blood is spilled, there becomes a covenant. So we're going to bless the new covenant. We're going to bless the cup today. One, because Jesus died for us, and that's what it represents. Two, because he was from the vine. We're from the vine. He's the root. And three, because this, this allows us to walk freely before him and in him. So, Father, we pray you bless the cup today. We thank you for it. Lord, what it represents. We thank you for that training table. We thank you for us allowing, uh, uh, for you allowing us to take this communion together as one body, as one church. We love you, Father. I pray you bless the cup. Today, if there's anybody here that needs healing, I pray for healing in Jesus' name. If there's anybody here that needs blessing, I pray blessing in Jesus' name. Lord, if there's anybody here that needs a relationship with you, I pray and speak that relationship, Father, to be furthered in your grace at the table. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing it together.
Amen. Come on, somebody give God a shout of praise today. Are you thankful for your freedom that you have, for the grace that you have in Christ Jesus? How many have received that powerful message today? That was good, amen. That was really good. And, you know, growing up as the pastor's son, not always the pastor's son, you know, he, he was being modest about his own athletic ability. And I always thought, you know, when I'm in high school, I'm also going to get to bench press 415 pounds because that's what happens, right? I'm not there yet <laughs> because I'm not trained like he's trained. But how many of you are excited to go for a run later today, right? <laughs> 425. Oh, that was your brother that did 415. Sorry, Uncle Frank, if you're watching. 425. 465. Uncle Frank, man, Uncle Frank doing it big. Um, <laughs> I wanted to read 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. It says this, Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined to their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. It's talking about that Olympic crown that you get. You know, even when they did the Olympics in Greece uh, several years ago, they gave those crowns. They just fade away. But now they give uh, medals and stuff. But we do it for an eternal prize. Amen? So I run with a purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. So it says. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I might uh, be disqualified. Amen. So that's good. That's the spiritual training that we're talking about. Growing up in my dad's house, I thought, you know, when I have kids, when I'm uh, like, like him, then, then I'll get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and I'll be praying every day. Well, I'm not there yet, but I haven't trained quite like you have. But the important thing is, guys, I love what you said. Just keep moving. Keep putting your foot right in front of the others. We're not all Olympic athletes. You may not be where you want to be spiritually, but as long as you keep on moving in the right direction, that is what God is asking for us. Let's go ahead and close the service in a word of prayer and commit this time to the Lord. Father, we thank you that you are so, so good to us. We thank you that you care for us so deeply. God, and we thank you for this message, for the worship that, that we've got to participate in today. Lord, we ask that it would have changed us, that as we are motivated, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this nation and for the freedom that you give to us. Lord, that it came at a price. Lord Jesus, that you give us freedom because of your sacrifice. And we remember that today. Lord, we ask that you to help us to grow spiritually. Help us to grow in the freedom that you give us. Help us to put one foot in front of the other. Lord, and to, to pick up our Bibles tomorrow morning, to, to get up a little early to pray, God, to do whatever it is that you are calling us to do. Lord, we ask that you would bless us, that it's not by our mind, that it's not by our power, but it is by the Spirit of the living God that you enable us to put that foot in front of the other. God, I thank you for this time. Empower us with your Holy Spirit to do what you've called us to do and have your way in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for this nation. Thank you for the freedom that you give. Thank you for this church and for each person here today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you tonight at 8 o'clock. See you then. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.